this is an excerpt from the life of harriet beecher stowe chapter thirteen called old scenes revisited eighteen fifty six travel collection one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. this recording by michelle fry baton ridge louisiana in july two thousand nineteen old scenes revisited eighteen fifty six after leaving paris mrs stowe and her sister mrs perkins travelled leisurely through the south of france toward italy stopping at amiens lyons and marseilles at this place they took the steamer for genoa leghorn and civita vecchia during their last night on shipboard they met with an accident of which and their subsequent trials in reaching rome mrs stowe writes as follows about eleven o'clock as i had just tranquilly laid down in my berth i was roused by a grating crash accompanied by a shock that shook the whole ship and followed by the sound of a general rush on deck trampling scuffling and cries i rushed to the door and saw all the gentlemen hurrying on their clothes and getting confusedly toward the stairway i went back to mary and we put our things on in silence and as soon as we could got into the upper salon it was an hour before we could learn anything certainly except that we had run into another vessel the fate of the arctic came to us both but we did not mention it to each other indeed a quieter more silent company you would not often see had i had any confidence in the administration of the boat it would have been better but as i had not i sat in momentary uncertainty had we then known as we have since the fate of a boat recently sunk in the mediterranean by a similar carelessness it would have increased our fears by a singular chance an officer whose wife and children were lost on board that boat was on board ours and happened to be on the forward part of the boat when the accident occurred the captain and mate were both below there was nobody looking out and had not this officer himself called out to stop the boat we should have struck her with such a force as to have sunk us as it was we turned aside and the shock came on a paddle-wheel which was broken by it for when after two hours delay we tried to start and had gone a little way there was another crash and the paddle-wheel fell down you may be sure we did a little sleeping that night it was an inexpressible desolation to think that we might never again see those we loved no one knows how much one thinks and how rapidly in such hours in the naples boat that was sunk a short time ago the women perished in a dreadful way the shock threw the chimney directly across the egress from below so that they could not get on deck and they were all drowned in the cabin we went limping along with one broken limb till the next day about eleven when we reached civita vicia where there were two hours more of delay about passports then we that is mary and i and a dr edison from philadelphia with his son alfred took a carriage to rome but they gave us a miserable thing that looked as if it had been made soon after the deluge about eight o'clock at night on a lonely stretch of road the wheel came off we got out and our postilions stood silently regarding matters none of us could speak italian they could not speak french 
but the driver at last conveyed the idea that for five francs he could get a man to come and mend the wheel the five francs were promised and he untackled a horse and rode off mary and i walked up and down the dark desolate road occasionally reminding each other that we were on classic ground and laughing at the oddity of our lonely starlight promenade after a while our driver came back tag rag and bobtail at his heels i don't think i can do greater justice to italian costumes than by this respectable form of words then there was another consultation they put a bit of rotten timber under to pry the carriage up fortunately it did not break as we all expected it would till after the wheel was on then a new train of thought was suggested how was it to be kept on evidently they had not thought far in that direction for they had brought neither hammer nor nail nor tool of any kind and therefore they looked first at the wheel then at each other and then at us the doctor now produced a little gimlet with the help of which the broken fragments of the former linchpin were pushed out and the way was cleared for a new one then they began knocking a fence to pieces to get out nails but none could be found to fit at last another ambassador was sent back for nails while we were thus waiting the diligence in which many of our ship's company were jogging on to rome came up they had plenty of room inside and one of the party seeing our distress tried hard to make the driver stop but he doggedly persisted in going on and declared if anybody got down to help us he would leave him behind an interesting little episode here occurred it was raining and mary and i proposed as the wheel was now on to take our seats we had no sooner done so than the horses were taken with a sudden fit of animation and ran off with us in the most vivacious manner tag rag and company shouted in the rear some heaps of stone a little in advance presented an interesting prospect by way of a terminus however the horses were lucidly captured before the wheel was off again and our ambassador being now returned we were set right and again proceeded i must not forget to remark that at every post where we changed horses and drivers we had a pitched battle with the driver for more money than we had been told was the regular rate and the carriage was surrounded with a perfect mob of ragged shock-headed black-eyed people whose words all ended in eno and who raved and ranted at us till finally we paid much more than we ought to get rid of them at the gates of rome the official after looking at our passports coolly told the doctor that if he had a mind to pay him five francs he could go in without further disturbance but if not he would keep the baggage till morning this form of statement had the recommendation of such precision and neatness of expression that we paid him forthwith and into rome we dashed at two o'clock in the morning of the ninth of february eighteen fifty seven in a drizzling rain we drove to the hotel d'angleterre it was full and ditto to four or five others and in the last effort our refractory wheel came off again and we all got out into the street about a dozen lean ragged corbies who are called porters and who are always lying in wait for travellers pounced upon us they took down our baggage in a twinkling and put it all into the street and surrounded it and chattered over it while m and i stood in the rain and received first lessons in italian 
how we did try to say something but they couldn't talk anything but in inno as aforesaid the doctor finally found a man who could speak a word or two of french and leaving mary alfred and me to keep watch over our pile of trunks he went off with him to apply for lodgings i have heard many flowery accounts of first impressions of rome i must say ours was somewhat sombre a young man came by and addressed us in english how cheering we almost flew upon him we begged him at least to lend us his italian to call another carriage and he did so a carriage which was passing was luckily secured and mary and i with all our store of boxes and little parcels were placed in it out of the rain at least here we sat while the doctor from time to time returned from his wanderings to tell us he could find no place can it be said i that we are to be obliged to spend a night in the streets what made it seem more odd was the knowledge that could we only find them we had friends enough in rome who would be glad to entertain us we began to speculate on lodgings who knows what we may get entrapped into alfred suggested stories he had read of beds placed on trap-doors of teasters which screwed down on people and smothered them and so when at last the doctor announced lodgings found we followed in rather an uncertain frame of mind we alighted at a dirty stone passage smelling of cats and onions damp cold and earthy we went up stone stairways and at last were ushered into two very decent chambers where we might lay our heads the corbys all followed us black-haired black-browed ragged and clamorous as ever they insisted that we should pay the pretty little sum of twenty francs or four dollars for bringing our trunks about twenty steps the doctor modestly but firmly declined to be thus imposed upon and then ensued a general chatteration one and all fell into attitudes and inos and isimos rolled freely for pity's sake get them off we said so we made a truce for ten francs but still they clamoured forced their way even into our bedroom and were only repulsed by a loud and combined volley of no no no's which we all set up at once upon which they retreated our hostess was a little french woman and that reassured us i examined the room and seeing no trace of treacherous teasters or trap-doors resolved to avail myself without fear of the invitation of a very clean white bed where i slept till morning without dreaming the next day we sent our cards to monsieur bartholomew and before we had finished breakfast he was on the spot we then learned that he had been watching the diligence office for over a week and that he had the pleasant set of apartments we are now occupying all ready and waiting for us march the first my dear husband every day is opening to me a new world of wonders here in italy i have been to the catacombs where i was shown many memorials of the primitive christians and to-day we are going to the vatican the weather is sunny and beautiful beyond measure and flowers are springing in the fields on every side oh my dear how i do long to have you here to enjoy what you are so much better fitted to appreciate than i this wonderful combination of the past and the present of what has been and what is think of strolling leisurely through the forum of seeing the very stones that were laid in the time of the republic of rambling over the ruined palace of the caesars of walking under the arch of titus of seeing the dying gladiator 
and whole ranges of rooms filled with wonders of art all in one morning all this i did on saturday and only wanted you you know so much more and could appreciate so much better at the palace of the caesars where the very dust is a melange of exquisite marbles i saw for the first time an acanthus growing and picked my first leaf our little menage moves on prosperously the doctor takes excellent care of us and we of him one sees everybody here at rome john bright mrs hemmins son mrs gaskell etc etc over five thousand english travellers are said to be here jacob abbott and his wife are coming rome is a world rome is an astonishment papal rome is an enchantress old as she is she is like ninon d'enclos the young fall in love with her you will hear next from us at naples affectionately yours h b s from rome the travellers went to naples and after visiting pompeii and herculaneum made the ascent of vesuvius a graphic account of which is contained in a letter written at this time by mrs stowe to her daughters in paris after describing the preparations and start she says gradually the ascent became steeper and steeper till at length it was all our horses could do to pull us up the treatment of horses in naples is a thing that takes away much from the pleasure and comfort of such travellers as have the least feeling for animals the people seem absolutely to have no consideration for them you often see vehicles drawn by one horse carrying fourteen or fifteen great stout men and women this is the worst as the streets are paved with flat stones which are exceedingly slippery on going uphill the drivers invariably race their horses urging them on with a constant storm of blows as the ascent of the mountain became steeper the horses panted and trembled in a way that made us feel that we could not sit in the carriage yet the guide and driver never made the slightest motion to leave the box at last three of us got out and walked and invited our guide to do the same yet with all this relief the last part of the ascent was terrible and the rascally fellows actually forced the horses to it by beating them with long poles on the back of their legs no englishman or american would ever allow a horse to be treated so the hermitage is a small cabin where one can buy a little wine or any other refreshment one may need there is a species of wine made of the grapes of vesuvius called lachrima christi that has a great reputation here was a miscellaneous collection of beggars ragged boys men playing guitars bawling donkey drivers and people wanting to sell sticks or minerals the former to assist in the ascent and the latter as specimens of the place in the midst of the commotion we were placed on our donkeys and the serious pensive brutes moved away at last we reached the top of the mountain and i gladly sprang on firm land the whole top of the mountain was covered with wavering wreaths of smoke from the shadows of which emerged two english gentlemen who congratulated us on our safe arrival and assured us that we were fortunate in our day as the mountain was very active we could hear a hollow roaring sound like the burning of a great furnace but saw nothing is this all i said oh no wait till the guide comes up with the rest of the party and soon one after another came up and we then followed the guide up a cloudy rocky path the noise of the fire constantly becoming nearer 
finally we stood on the verge of a vast circular pit about forty feet deep the floor of which is of black ropey waves of congealed lava the sides are sulphur cliffs stained in every brilliant shade from lightest yellow to deepest orange and brown in the midst of the lava floor rises a black cone the chimney of the great furnace this was burning and flaming like the furnace of a glasshouse and every few moments throwing up showers of cinders and melted lava which fell with a rattling sound on the black floor of the pit one small bit of the lava came over and fell at our feet and a gentleman lighted his cigar at it all around where we stood the smoke was issuing from every chance rent and fissure of the rock and the neapolitans who crowded round us were every moment soliciting us to let them cook us an egg in one of these rifts and overcome by persuasion i did so and found it very nicely boiled or rather steamed though the shell tasted of globbers salt and sulphur the whole place recalled to my mind so vividly milton's description of the infernal regions that i could not but believe that he had drawn the imagery from this source milton as we all know was some time in italy and though i do not recollect any account of his visiting vesuvius i cannot think how he should have shaped his language so coincidentally to the phenomena if he had not on the way down the mountain our ladies astonished the natives by making an express stipulation that our donkeys were not to be beaten why they could not conjecture the idea of any feeling of compassion for an animal is so foreign to the neapolitans thoughts that they supposed it must be some want of courage on our part when once in a while the old habit so prevailed that the boy felt he must strike the donkey and when i forbade him he would say courage signora courage time would fail me to tell the whole of our adventures in southern italy we left it with regret and i will tell you some time by word of mouth what else we saw we went by water from naples to leghorn and were gloriously seasick all of us from leghorn we went to florence where we abode two weeks nearly two days ago we left florence and started for venice stopping one day and two nights en route to bologna here we saw the great university now used as a library the walls of which are literally covered with the emblazoned names and coats of arms of distinguished men who were educated there venice a great trouble of travelling in europe or indeed of travelling anywhere is that you can never catch romance no sooner are you in a place than being there seems the most natural matter-of-fact occurrence in the world nothing looks foreign or strange to you you take your tea and your dinner eat drink and sleep as aforetime and scarcely realize where you are or what you are seeing but venice is an exception to this state of things it is all romance from beginning to end and never ceases to seem strange and picturesque it was a rainy evening when our cars rumbled over the long railroad bridge across the lagoon that leads to the station nothing but flat dreary swamps and then the wide expanse of sea on either side the cars stopped and the train being a long one left us a little out of the station we got out in a driving rain in company with flocks of austrian soldiers with whom the third-class cars were filled we went through a long passage and emerged into a room where all nations seemed commingling italians germans french austrians orientals all in wet weather trim 
soon however the news was brought that our baggage was looked out and our gondolas ready the first plunge under the low black hood of a gondola especially of a rainy night has something funereal in it four of us sat cowering together and looked out of the rain-dropped little windows at the sides at the scene gondolas of all sizes were gliding up and down with their sharp fishy-looking prows of steel pushing their ways silently among each other while gondoliers shouted and jabbered and made as much confusion in their way as terrestrial hackmen on dry land soon however trunks and carpet-bags being adjusted we pushed off and went gliding away up the grand canal with a motion so calm that we could scarce discern it except by the moving of objects on shore venice la belle appeared to as much disadvantage as a beautiful woman bedraggled in a thunderstorm lake como we stayed in venice five days and during that time saw all the sights that it could enter the head of a valet de place to afflict us with it is an affliction however for which there is no remedy because you want to see the things and would be very sorry if you went home without having done so from venice we went to milan to see the cathedral and leonardo da vinci's last supper the former is superb and of the latter i am convinced from the little that remains of it that it was the greatest picture the world ever saw we shall run back to rome for holy week and then to paris rome from lake como we came back here for holy week and now it is over what do you think of it certainly no thoughtful or sensitive person no person impressible either through the senses or of religious feelings can fail to feel it deeply in the first place the mere fact of the different nations of the earth moving so many of them with one accord to so old and venerable a city to celebrate the death and resurrection of jesus is something in itself affecting whatever dispute there may be about the other commemorative feasts of christendom the time of this epoch is fixed unerringly by the jews passover that great and solemn feast therefore stands as an historic monument to mark the date of the most important and thrilling events which this world ever witnessed when one sees the city filling with strangers pilgrims arriving on foot the very shops decorating themselves in expectancy every church arranging its services the prices even of temporal matters raised by the crowd and its demands he naturally thinks wherefore why is all this and he must be very careless indeed if it does not bring to mind in a more real way than before that at this very time so many years ago christ and his apostles were living actors in the scenes thus celebrated to-day as the spring was now well advanced it was deemed advisable to bring this pleasant journey to a close and for mrs stowe at least it was imperative that she return to america end of section twelve old scenes revisited by harriet beecher stowe